Before we get into this episode of Small Doses, I want to let you all know that you can come and check me out in Orlando. I will be doing a book signing for Small Doses at the Barnes & Noble on East Colonial Drive at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Yes, I will be in the hometown, the O-Town, the O-Zone. Come get your book signed. Come and have a chat. Let's do it. Also, I'll be doing a free, that's right, a free art exhibit for Small Doses at the Underground Museum here in Los Angeles on December 8th. So mark your calendars because we definitely want to see you all come out for that. And lastly, my book, Small Doses, has made it into the final round of the Goodreads Choice Awards. So make sure you go to goodreads.com under humor and vote for Small Doses. We may not have made the bestsellers list, but I'm trying to win some awards. Also, you guys are the award. You guys made me on the Black Lady bestsellers list, which is not an actual thing, but it's a thing that I decided is a real thing and is very important. So put your votes in and help me make this win. Last but not least, thanks to everybody who came out to Small Doses Live. It was an incredible experience. Can't wait to do it again. And thank you all for really stepping up and making sure that even though I lost my voice, we didn't lose a dope show. Now let's do this show. It's so funky. <laughs> Today's guest is a comedian. I hate comedian. It's a weird word. Right? Yeah. Um, it means like she's got lady parts <laughs> and she's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> a comedian, a sistren. And also an individual whose name comes from a Star Trek character. Yes. That is a character. A flower. A flower? Mm -hmm. It's like a crystal-like flower from some planet. I want to know the planet. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have Sashir Zameda. Yay! On the show today. And we're going to discuss side effects of getting your life in order. Mm -hmm. Because, do you mind me asking you all, do you are Sashir? How old I am? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't mind. 33. 33. Oh, so good for you. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> I'm 38. Yeah. And we are both trying to get our lives in order. And I am. I think it's a, ev- a never ending battle. I feel like I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. You are correct. I'm here to tell you. As your elder. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We're talking about getting your life in order. Now, I had done an Instagram video recently where I was saying that my tennis coach had pointed out to me that I was like starting to get my own rhythm on the court. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, well, up until this point, I felt like the balls are coming at you and And that every time a ball comes at you, you have to like recalibrate. He's like, I feel like every time I keep seeing you like readjust, readjust. And he was like, but now I'm seeing that you are kind of more ahead of the curve so that when they're coming at you, you're not having to do so much labor to be able to handle them Mm -hmm. and put them where you want them on the court. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're getting your rhythm. And I was like, you know what? This actually feels like a metaphor for life. Yeah. Because this is exactly how I don't feel. Yeah. In my actual life. Mm -hmm. I feel like all the balls are coming at me. And sometimes I'm like involuntarily teabagging a proverbial ball. Juggling many balls. I want to keep with this analogy. So what do you think happened to make you more acclimated to calibrating these balls as they come with you in tennis? Well, I think that one, I started preparing earlier. Mm. 
So like in tennis, like the whole thing is like prepare early. Like so like if you see that it's going to be a forehand, prepare early for the forehand. If yeah. you see this coming to be a backhand, prepare for the backhand. So I started just having a much keener yeah. vision for like being able to read where it's coming on the court. Um, and I think I was able to start being able to do that because I also started just pacing myself better. Yeah. And not muscling so a lot of times, like when you play tennis, like you'll feel compelled to like hit the ball yeah. when you're supposed to really like swing. Mm. Um, it's supposed it isn't supposed to feel like muscle. It's supposed to feel like a motion, a stroke, like an easy fluid mm-hmm. thing, as opposed to like I'm really working hard to hit this ball over there. Which is why, like, it's kind of like that sport that everyone can play at any age. Yeah. Um, but th- but you're tempted to be like, I'm about to whack this shit out. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you do that is you kind of like expel so much energy that it it prevents you from being able to like reset to hit the next ball oh, wow. at your best pace. Yeah. Cause now you have to, it's just more calibration happening. Yeah. 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 So I've started kind of just being better about just like sticking and they call it like, like he always talks about like, don't let the ball take you out of your stroke. Oh, I see where we're going with this. Yeah. Because what keeps happening a lot of times is that like the ball's coming at you and you feel like you got to switch up to hit it. And it's like, no, like stay your course, mm-hmm. like stay how you always do it. And I would say that this year in particular with all of the stuff that I was doing or that I've been doing in the career space, like it's all kind of been done at a different level than I've ever done it. Yeah. And it's made me feel like I have to change my stroke. And you don't have to, you shouldn't actually. I love that. So now I'm on this year's show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on this year's show. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I I agree with all that. And I feel like that is also what I've been learning and trying to implement in my life. Because uh, I am a late person. I, I Were do, you a late bloomer? Yeah. I was Interesting. Late, yes, I was late. So it's just like, you feel like it may be a theme? I do think so. I mean, my mom's a late person. And I guess I never saw like clear ramifications of what could happen if you're late i was like well you know people get over it and you move on or you have a baby (laughs) or you have a baby (laughs) my period's late oh this changes everything um was there any like recent catalyst that made you be like i gotta check this like was there a moment that made you be like this late shit is not i had well one thing that really should have drove it home but still didn't (laughs) still took a couple years after that uh you know charlotte lorison of course yeah uh another sister in, in the comedy world she uh, we like we're meeting for dinner, and I was, she does not play with lateness. She does not. She play. literally <laughs> stopped talking to me for two years because I was ten minutes late to a dinner. Yeah, and I believe that because <laughs> that's yeah. I was late to a dinner, and I should have given her a heads up. And this was like the day she was gonna tell me she got engaged, and it was supposed to be like a nice special moment. And I fucked up, and she like you know laid it out very plainly, like you can't treat me like this, like you are making it seem like you don't prioritize me or my time, which that's so not how I felt. That's like not right. Like it was, it may have incurred that emotion, but it wasn't your intention. Yeah. I was like, that's that's not how I feel about you or your time, but that is what my actions are showing you. So I need to be better about doing that with you and everybody everybody and jobs too like i've been late to this and it also like it never mattered what type of job it was it could be (laughs) big money little money something i love something i hate and i was still like find a way to be a little bit late or a lot late and then i'm like what am i gonna learn what's wrong with me would you ever get in trouble no 
I think that's also part of it too, right? Yeah, but it's like, but I don't know what people are saying when I'm not there, you know? Because yeah. I've definitely been in rooms where people are like, oh, I don't want to put put that person in there because they're going to be late. It's going to hold a production, yeah. da, 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 da. And I'm and like, you don't want them to. I'm, if people saying that about me, I would hate that. I would absolutely hate that. Well, you that. were on time today, boo. Yes, I'm trying. I'm really, really trying. I have clocks in every single room. <laughs> I like bought them so they're the brightest thing I can see in every room. Uh, Do you I, set alarms on your phone? I set alarms on an actual clock. So, cause if I, if I pick up my phone, I'll just get distracted and start looking at shit. So I just, I try to put my phone in a different room when I sleep and I have a clock on the other side of the room that goes off and I have to get up out of bed to turn it off in order to not hear it anymore. Do you use a calendar? I have a physical planner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, one thing I will suggest that has really been helpful to me yeah. is I use Google calendar. Yeah. And I also had to get an assistant at a certain point. Yeah. Because it was like my lateness is now not just because I'm procrastinating or not organized. It's because like you got a lot of balls. And I'm just not. I didn't have like <laughs> like I'm not skilled with all those balls, you yes. know. <laughs> and so at a certain point I had to kind of give in to an assistant Be because like, it was help. like I need help. Yeah. Like I'm just not effective yeah. at managing the creative stuff with the administrative stuff. But I say that to also say she's who put me onto the calendar. Yeah. And she set timers in the calendar. So I'm, a, I'm told about something an hour before. Ooh. I'm told about something 30 minutes before. Yeah. And I'm told about something 10 minutes before. That's really good. And it's like this with everything. Yeah. So like whether it's like a car coming to pick me up or me having or or it's or whether it's like me having to call an Uber for yeah. me to go somewhere. Like whether it's someone coming to my house or uh, a, a conference call, etc. And it keeps you honest. Yeah. Because that hour gives you the heads up of like, okay, I got to start preparing for this. Yeah. That half an hour, because you already got distracted. Yeah. The half an hour brings you back. Yes. Because <laughs> like, I'm already doing some other shit. And then the 10 minutes is like, move. It's like when Sonic is underwater <laughs> and he's about to drown. It's like, <laughs> that is such a stressful noise. I would get so freaked out every we were time just, that we happened. Were just, <laughs> it was like the most. Oh my God. Heart palpitations. Yes. Yes. So that has been helpful for me. I like that. Um, Because, and I don't know if you have like a Google, do you have any of that stuff in your I house? I use a, Like Alexa or any of that? Oh no, I don't. I don't want them listening to me. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's that. I mean, because I don't know what, you know, plans for revolution that you're making in the house. So I don't want them to hear anything. I got I lots of plans. I got lots of plans. Um, my, uh, I have a life coach that I've been talking to like once a month for the last three years. What made you go to a life coach? I took her class. She was doing a class. Um, her, her name's Betsy Capes and she has a class called Capes Coaching that she was doing and she still does in New York and UCB was doing like a joint thing. Ah, uh, got you. Okay. So I like through UCB or oh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, Theater, uh, did this class and it was like, yeah, time management and you set your goals uh, a year in advance so we'd set like mm. five goals and at the time it was like I want to book five national commercials I want to uh, wow. <laughs> I mean impressive. you know I was like reaching <laughs> for the stars but yeah. I, you know I was already on my way I, I didn't get five but I was like just put it out there who knows Nice. Um, and then I want to be called into audition for SNL I want to finish this web series I'm doing with Nicole and I can't remember what the rest of them were but I did do most of those things in, in that uh, year. Yeah. And then they, and so you go, go a year in advance. Then you're like, if I have to get 
to this point, what do I need to do nine months from now to get to that point? Okay. What do I need to do six months from now? What do I need to do three months from now? And then you can go week by week and be like, what are three intense. things that I can, <laughs> it sounds intense, but it actually was very simple. And like, what can I, what three things can I do to get to this goal at the end of the week? So, which could be like email a director, see if he's even interested in this web series i think i need to do this for next year this makes me feel like preparing for the balls yeah totally it's like it's, it's way less daunting than being like i have to finish this whole script by next month or whatever you're just like i have a whole year and i know i literally have to finish the script in two weeks ah, oh my god <laughs> well i think I, I think i might just not do the whole script i might just do pages and be yeah. like call it a day yeah little by little you'll get there but it helped me realize I don't have to chomp off big pieces. I can just do little manageable bites mm. here and there to get to this big goal later. Do you think that considering the big pieces was slowing you down from stepping into things? Yes, because it would be too overwhelming to start. I'm like, oh, my God, I just start this whole thing as opposed to like, I only have to do these two things today. So it's like, OK, it's like looking at the mountain, but being like, I just need to get to this first summit mm -hmm. and then this next summit. Yeah. And then this next summit. Yeah. I think that's really real because especially in this time where you just feel like you're always looking at other people accomplish things. Yeah. It can definitely make you like question, okay, well, what am I accomplishing? Mm -hmm. And then the spiral starts to happen. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, well, what am I accomplishing? Well, I'm not accomplishing anything. I barely did any of this. And, you know, and next thing you know, you kind of can talk yourself into just stasis. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If I had thought too much, if I had if I had actually thought about writing the book before mm -hmm. I wrote the book, I don't think I would have wrote the book. Yeah. Because it it didn't feel daunting in the way I, I think I just lied to myself in order to do it. Because sometimes you gotta do that. Yeah. I think that's also maybe one of these time management things. Mm -hmm. Like or maybe you're not even just lying yourself, lying to yourself, but betting on yourself. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Betting on yourself. You know, like I was talking to a friend the other day and she was saying that her mom at this point has just basically kind of just given up on that she could have like a better life mm. than the one that she's settled for. Yeah. And I've had it. I have an ex that is the same way. Like I think all of us know somebody in our lives. It's kind of just kind of like decided like this is it. Yeah. And you know, in the best case scenario, at least they keep that to themselves. But in the worst case scenario, they kind of like start telling you like you should settle mm -hmm. as well. Like yeah. don't reach for the stars. Yeah. Like, you know, just reach for like the lowest layer of the atmosphere, like the stratosphere maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, then the the flip of that, the extreme of that feels like seeing every seeing other people do like astronomical things. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, well, shit, am I supposed to want that? Because I don't know yeah. if I even want that. That was another thing that my life coach helped me with because I would have these big goals on my list of things I wanted to accomplish. And then there were some that kept getting pushed to the wayside over and over again. And she's like, it seems like you don't even want to do that. And I'm like, whoa. Like she gave me permission to not do something. And that felt so good to be like, Oh, I don't even have to try to do that thing. I, obviously, I like these other things because I keep going towards that direction. Why are these even on my list? Get them off. This sounds like me talking about writing film and TV. Yeah. Like, I know I should. Mm -hmm. I know I can. Yeah. I'm sure people are asking. But for some reason, it's like, I'm just, I don't feel the elephant at my back. Yeah. In the same way that I do for like, oh, we just figured out Small Doses Live. Like, let's start doing that. Yeah. Like, the live space just feels so much more interesting to me. Yeah. I think simply because it's free. Like, it's like, I don't have to answer to people. Mm -hmm. Like, I have full control of it. And I think that what scares me in the film and TV space is the idea of like, 
it feels daunting to consider like the amount of steps that you have to go through to get something made. I love the immediacy of live. Yeah, totally. Like I could literally be like, should see if I get a theater tonight, like, could you come and do stand up? Mm-hmm. And if you were available, like you could come and do it and yeah. we could like make a whole thing. Yeah. And the concept of like, I can write a film and it's going to take like two years for me yeah. to even possibly see it. Like it's a long haul. And I don't know why. I mean, I guess, I guess from what you're saying, it's like you can have those, but also like have median goals that kind of keep you going yeah. on the way to those. Yes. And then you get older. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm 38. I'm pushing 40. And so like when I think of something that's going to be coming out in two years, I'm like, oh, I'll be 40 when that comes out. Yeah. Like, so that's the other mind fuck that you play with yourself. Like, oh, I'm going to be 30 when that happens. Or like, damn, like, you know, that, like you just start coming up with obstacles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the life coach you feel like helped you get things in order mm-hmm. by also getting past like the obstacles that you would put in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of that was with time management. Time management. um, I learned that there are multiple ways to procrastinate. Who? Please tell us. Run us down. I don't know all the ways, but I know like. Because I will come up with some other ways. (laughs) Uh, Because I think when people think of procrastination, they think, oh, you're just not doing anything at all. But you can also busy yourself with other things and get the other priorities that you have been trying to achieve out of the way. There's like. My favorite thing. (laughs) Yes. I'm like. Even things I love, there's there's definitely days where it's like, I'm like, I should stay home and write new jokes, but it's easier to go out and do the old jokes. But that doesn't make me feel good. Doesn't, I'm not learning. I'm not growing. I, I could stay home and work hours, not, not even, even hours. hours. And once I'm doing it, I realize it doesn't even take that long. <laughs> I'm like, it's not even hours. What was I waiting for? And so, <sighs> and then I like. Be like, this feels productive. It feels like I'm doing and it something. Feels good. And it feels good. But then it's like, but I don't have to do that. I know how to do that already. I can just do this other thing that's going to actually be more productive and propel my performance mm. because I have new shit to work on and new stuff to say. I had to outline a movie the other day that I have had in my brain for like a good two and a half months. Yeah. And I have thought about outlining this movie. Yeah. For two and a half months. Yeah. I've thought about it. I've strongly thought about it. Yeah. But every time I like set time aside, like today is the day. Yeah. I'm like, or, or <laughs> anything else. I could organize my iPod. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Just, and yeah, I have to leave my home too because I will just stay and do so many things for my house instead of for me. <laughs> it's time to wash clothes. Yep. I've also got to put away clothes. Yeah. Like I'll come up with everything. It's like, you know what? I need to reorganize this closet mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. Like I, you know what? I need to, I need to sort out things for goodwill because the people need these things. <laughs> like I will come up with all yeah, types yeah. of things. And like, to your point, it's not like they're not things that need to be done. Yeah. Which is why like I'm set bent on like a, getting an office next year. Yeah. Like it's an immediate thing that I need to do. And I feel like for those of you listening, it's like what we're talking about is like you have to figure out the individual things for yourself that that help you get productive. Yes. Part of getting your life in order is figuring out what are the priorities that you even want to put energy to and how to actually like prioritize those priorities. Yeah. Because I'll have the priority, mm-hmm. but then I haven't prioritized the priority. Yeah. And I'll tell myself, like, this is very important. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> but I'll feel like I've done 
justice in acknowledging like, but it's important. And I know that it's important, yeah. which means it'll get done. Yeah. And we did, a, we did a side effects of creative process recently where we talked about just like sometimes, though, you do need to let it breathe. Yeah. Like sometimes you do need to let things like stop. Sometimes procrastination isn't necessarily a bad thing if it's letting you grow. Mm -hmm. But to your point, sometimes it's like this isn't letting me grow. And I think that's when you know it's time to stop and like knuckle in. Knuckle yeah. down? <laughs> knuckle down. Knuckle down. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like I'm just going to be like, my life coach said the whole episode. But uh, she's helped me like analyze my patterns mm. and recognize which ones are worth keeping which ones aren't um like i i kept being like when my goals was like i want to wake up early i'm gonna write for an hour oh yeah i'm gonna have like have me time yeah. <laughs> before i start doing stuff that's a very ambitious goal and for years and then and finally she was like has this ever <laughs> been your thing like you you're not an early riser you don't really sit down and write for an hour. When she like, when do you write? And I was like, honestly, when I'm in transit, like if I'm on a train or a mm. plane, like in, in a lift, if I'm like for some reason Movement. being moved, interesting, my brain is like, oh, here's something, and I'll just like add something to something I've already written down um, in a folder on my phone. And she's like, what if you plan around that? What if you're like, I know I have a big car ride coming up or I, I know I have a plane ride across the country I'm gonna save this project for that as mm. opposed to I'm gonna wake up early on Thursday and knock it out before I go do this thing because I, I never do that it just doesn't happen we're the exact opposite oh yeah because I will be like you know what I'm gonna have a long flight mm -hmm. and so I'm just going to keep these things for the flight. And then I get on the flight and it's like, no, you're not. You're going to watch every movie. You're going to watch Black Panther for the seven billionth time uh -huh. rather than edit the shit that you need to edit yeah. or design the thing or whatever. Like you're not going to stop. Stop yeah. lying to yourself, Amanda. And I'm, I'm actually more likely to just like commit to like, you're going to wake up at six, you're going to get up and you're going to go in your office, in your house and you're going to sit down and you're going to do it. And it's like, I lie to myself though. Yeah. And say that I'm going to do the whole plane thing or yeah. the in motion thing. And but then, I never now do you it. can relieve yourself of that. You don't got to do the plane thing. You know you're going to go to the office and do it. And I'm, I feel like what we're talking about is just like really just being honest with yourself. Yes, definitely. And nice to yourself too. Because I, I, I have a habit of being mean to myself. So it's like, what the fuck <sighs> were you doing? Wasting your goddamn, goddamn time. You know, I'm like, what's a nice way of saying that? Because literally like someone said to me the other day, like you got to speak kindly to yourself. And I was like, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. And they were like, you got to like, you know, like be kind to yourself. And I was like, what, what, like, what do you mean? Be kind yeah. to myself. Like, I, I mean, and then I realized like, I realized like, I don't know if I've have a, a ground, like, I don't know if I have a foundation yeah. for like, even what that language is. Yeah. I don't think you have to like fake it and be like, cause I, I don't, I'm kinder to myself, but not like, Hey, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but I try to think of it like if someone else was doing what I was doing, would I be that mean to them as right. I am to myself? Like if someone I probably else would. Yes. <laughs> and I've had to like really like work on that. Yeah. Like, so there's that. Okay. But well, you know what they do say though? Actually, they say that how you speak to others is how you speak to yourself. They say that uh, it's based on how you speak to yourself. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, like, I know that, like, I'm very hard on myself. I'm very, like, Amanda, you need to do bop, 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 bop. Why yeah. didn't you do that? What is that? And that's, I have that same tone when I'm, like, fed up with someone not mm. actualizing stuff with me. And I'll be like, yo, 
I didn't like that. That wasn't cool. I didn't appreciate that. I guess that's true. Yeah, I do feel like. But I don't know. I'll have to really think about that. That's what they say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that for what it's worth, I don't even know who they is. I know, but yeah. it might, you know. But I guess if it's like, I don't know. I forgot to turn this thing in or whatever. Uh, and like my instinct would be like, what else were you doing? And then mm. and then be like, you know what? So I, I, it still happens, but I still, then I have to readjust and be like, you know what? It happened. There's no way we can go in the past and fix this. You just have to move forward. What are you going to do now? You know, That's the part. What yeah. are you going to do now? Yeah. Because I think that there's some folks too who like let themselves off the hook so much. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. And you're not holding yourself accountable. Yeah. You know, like whenever people hit me with like, too much of the, well, I just, you know, it's not my fault. Like, it's my surroundings or, you know, I just, uh, it's just human error. <laughs> um, you know, like that type of stuff to me is like, okay, but if you keep making human errors, how much are the errors about you being human? Mm-hmm. And how much of them are you are about you like literally just not being focused? Yeah. Or about you not being interested? Yeah. So like, you know, in terms of like keeping, getting your life in order... I've had to realize that there's people have who have like worked for me in particular who have had to realize like I know when their life is out or, out of order before they do mm. because they start making egregious mistakes and errors. Yeah. And like I've had to sit them down and be like, do you even want to do this anymore? Like, or is this something of interest to you or is there something else that you'd be interested in? Because I noticed that like your brain, the same way you said that like your um your life coach was like, you never make this happen. Yeah. Maybe it's not something that's actually like that interesting to you. Like your brain subconsciously kind of cancels shit out for you. Yeah. So like, I feel like anytime I've had someone on my staff that starts making like these mistakes that are uncharacteristic, et cetera, et cetera. It's either that they're going through something personal. Yeah. Or they're just like, they're just not tapped in anymore. And it's like, all right, cool. Then you should go put your energy somewhere else. Yes. But a lot of times what would be funny is like, they'll be like, what do you mean? Yeah. They have no idea. They haven't even noticed it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like you're, these are the types of errors that are indicative of someone who's no longer focused yeah. on what they're doing because there's something pulling them in another direction. Mm-hmm. So like you should ask yourself about that. Like, what is it? Is it something personal or is it another career choice? Yeah. You know? And some people, uh, I don't know how these, these people reacted, but I, I, I feel like that's kind of an opportunity for them to go. Yeah. Be happy somewhere else. Go be happy somewhere else. It's not even yeah. acrimonious. Yeah. Just like if you are here, you really need to be here. And if you're not, good luck. You know, best of everything. But it's the same with relationships. Yeah, truly. It's like if you're not really about this, like go forth. Yeah. I've talked to so many people who are like scared to be honest and like be like, oh, I don't want with relationships and work things where it's like, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to. Uh, be mean by saying how I feel it's like you're actually helping everybody by being super honest about how you feel and if you don't want to be in this relationship work relationship or personal relationship then that person can move on and find somebody who does like you're wasting everyone's time by staying here Yeah, you think you're being nice you think you're being kind and helpful but actually it'd be way more helpful as someone who's 100% (laughs) jazzed to be there was jazz then. is not used enough in that it's not used enough in that context <laughs> it's not used enough <laughs> when you were at SNL how was your time management because i know that Ooh. show is like so it's a lot it's chaotic yeah um it definitely got better by the time like i was like 3 years in but 
it was a sh- shock because it's not like any other job. There's no way you can do a job and be like, I'm now I'm prepped for this one. Like it's the the hours are all over the place. We would start, I mean, really in the afternoon. It'd be like an afternoon to night thing. So okay. like sometimes, like later, I was like, oh, I could wake up a little earlier, get some work done before I even get there, and mm-hmm. then be on top but it took me a while to figure that out because my sleep schedule was like what is happening so you all work till like the a.m yeah like our writing nights i would usually get there like 2 p.m and then stay till four in the morning oh wow yeah but it was it's strange because not all of that's writing so some of it's like come hanging bouncing ideas off of other writers uh, starting one thing, taking a break, going with another writer, starting a thing. And then you come back to the thing. You're like, actually, maybe I hate this. <laughs> and I'm changing the whole idea. You go, and then you're talking to the host a little bit. It's like a lot of bouncing around. Um, oh, and the host is involved in this. Different hosts are more involved and right. less involved than, yeah. But some, some do, all of them do go room to room and talk about ideas. And they're like, oh, I love this. And we should flesh this out more. Uh, or nah, I don't really want to be a rabbit or, you know, whatever the, right. the thing is. <laughs> I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it was, uh, I think by the time I left, I did learn one that I can write very fast. Ooh. Okay. Um, and not to think so much. Cause I, so I think when I started, mm-hmm. I was like trying to make it perfect. Make, truly. And then the longer you're there that you're like. It doesn't matter. Like, even if it, I did write a perfect sketch, it'll change by Saturday. Because, right. like, you write it on Tuesday, we read it Wednesday, they pick it Thursday, you rewrite it Thursday, you rehearse it, you rewrite it Friday, it gets rehearsed. Saturday, we're probably still rewriting, we're probably cutting because we, we have too many things in the show. And then Saturday night, it could be either the sketch that you thought it was going to be or a Frankenstein version of that. So it's like, mm. you know what? I got to let it go. It's okay. It'll change, and then we're going to restart Monday, and the whole thing will happen again. So it definitely taught me, like, kill your darlings. Like, you d- don't be too attached. What does that mean? I don't even know where that's from, but it's like... Kill your darlings. Kill your darlings. Like, don't be so don't be attached. Precious. Don't be precious with your with your creation, because it can change or go away completely. And you That's got- so interesting, because... I feel like so much of my time management is about me having to learn like what to be precious with yeah. and what not to be precious with. And and then like, so for instance, we did Small Doses Live the other day yeah. and like we'd never done it before. And I had to just like let myself go like, you know what? Just let ideas come to your head, like yeah. whatever you're going to try. And even with that, we get on stage. I think I know exactly how we about to do this. Yeah. And then 15 minutes in my voice is like, and scene. Because <laughs> I've been recording the book for the past three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like six hours each day, I'd just been reading this goddamn book. Mm-hmm. And my voice was just like, we're done. Mm-hmm. And I had to like improv on the spot, but with like the audience, but it really called for me not being precious with my darlings yeah. because listen, the perfectionist in me was just like, oh my God, what's happening? Mm-hmm. This wasn't what we planned. This wasn't the vision. <laughs> we have to abort, abort, vision, mandate, mandate. Yes. You know? And then the other part of me was like, bitch, they're here for this. Yeah. So just... Live in this moment. And Yes, and. Yeah. You know? Um, and that live in this moment, I think that's really... 
That's really what I've been trying to be better at. Almost like prepare to live in the moment. <laughs> well, oh, that's a little like hard. Be, well, just like being prepared to say that no matter what happens, you're ready for it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, you know, the the rhythm thing is what I've really been trying to get back because I haven't had regimen. Mm. I haven't had regimen in my life in like years now. And even in when I, even in when I was in New York, I feel like I had established a certain rhythm to like how I was going about things and how I was getting things done, especially once I started doing stand up. Like yeah. it was just like, I know that my night is always going to start at this time mm-hmm. and I'm going to be out and you know, I'm expected to be here. Like there was this a regimen since I've been in LA and particularly this year, I have no concept of what any week is going to bring me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think at this point I'm I've lost. I'm like I'm 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 very close to burnt out. Yeah. And if I don't figure it out soon, you're, you're all going to be sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just need to take a long nap. Yeah. Like just like cryogenic sleep. Mhm. You know, like just like go to Mars. Mhm. <laughs> Just like put me to sleep and I'll wake up. My sure my muscles will be atrophied. Sure. <laughs> but you'll be well rested. Small price to pay. Yeah. You know, I'll work it out. One thing I am also trying to remind myself constantly is that when there are new balls, new things to juggle, new hurdles that I haven't had before in my career or personal life, it's new. And yeah. I don't I've never gone through this before. I don't know how this works. But, but the stroke can be, still be the same. That part, that's the part. The stroke can still be the same. Like with improv, like now I can just go. <laughs> you to, can do it, like yeah, I can just go to a stage, do it, and it's and people are like, "Oh my god!" And you know, I'm like, "Yeah," because I put in all the training to get to that point. You have the I, ten thousand hours. Yes. Yeah, I had years of classes and practice groups where now I don't have to do that stuff. But it's just, the rules are ingrained in my bones, mm, so yeah. it just it looks like it's easy, but it's also based off of years of work. It's muscle memory. Yeah, so it's like when there's a new thing and I get frustrated, like why can't I just do this? It's like oh, I didn't put in the work. <laughs> I not the years of work haven't happened yet. I'm in that beginning phase still, which sucks and it feels weird, to, but it's like a yes. new adjustment. But yet I have to remind myself. It's okay, because eventually you'll get to that place where it feels easy, All and right. it looks easy. Get me there. Yeah. I know. I just want to fast forward to that point, but <laughs> it, you can't. And it's funny as I always say that. You can't skip steps. No. You can speed them up, but you can't skip steps. Yeah. Because then, then there's the other part, you know, like, we talk about, like, new balls. Like, sometimes, like, yeah, like, new balls in your life, like a new relationship. Yeah. That can throw your Yo. whole shit off. Yeah. Like, a new relationship... I, I remember saying to somebody, actually, we had talked about them before the the mm-hmm. podcast started. I remember saying to him, we were two we were we were two months in, and I was like, I have to no, we were we were a month in, and I was like, you know what? I have to like consciously like fit you in my life now. And he was like, ew, gross. And I was like, I don't understand that response. <sighs> um, but the reason I'm saying that is because. I had at that point established like a way that I was moving in the world. Yeah. And so like bringing someone else into my space meant that I needed to be conscious about making time for them. Mm -hmm. I needed to be conscious about like considering them. Yeah. You know, and like, I think a lot of times when we're in relationships or or people are afraid of relationships because they don't want to even do that. They don't want to take that time. They don't Mm want to consider that time. Um, But I know for me, like 
it was something that I had to like pragmatically do. Yeah, yeah. And he looked at me like gross because he was like, it just feels like you're making it so scientific. And I was like, it's not that I'm making it scientific. It's just that I live like an adult grown up life. So the same way that like I have to make time to pay bills and like mm-hmm. the same way that I have to like make time to like call my mom. Like that's not something that's just going to naturally happen anymore. Right. Like I have to like be like sometimes it does, but I have to be conscious about like, oh, shit, I haven't called my mom for three days. Like I need to like make yeah. that a priority. I want to make you a priority. Like yeah. I want to make sure that I'm considering you the same way that all these other things are considered. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, if you break your foot, even though I, I don't, don't want to say like a relationship, like a broken foot. But however, like, <laughs> it is. But like, it's going to take you longer to get places. You might have to call a certain mm. kind of lift to come pick you up. You, you know, like your life's a little different. You still do the same stuff, but you had to adjust. Now you have this other thing to think about. So it's like. You have a whole new person in your life and you want to accommodate for this person. But that doesn't mean you can just like do your life the way you've been doing it. And they happen to be there because that that's not how that's going to work. No, it also doesn't work when people whose lives are not in order. Try and tell you how to get your mm. life in order. And you'd no. be like, look at your life. <laughs> your life looks like a, a, a what does it look like? What does your life look like? Like I've had people, you know, try and tell me about my life. I'm just like. But you don't have a bank account. Yikes. So how? Yeah. But you know what the lesson I've had to learn, though? You can get good advice from anywhere. Mm. You can get good advice from anywhere. Yeah. And sometimes, so I saw this video where this girl was saying how, like, her parents never went to college. And she just felt like, how dare they tell her she needs to go to college when they didn't go to college. Okay. And it was interesting, too, because it was like, oh, the youth. Yeah. Um. Because she was very resolute in her assertion that, like, no one should tell you to do something they haven't done. Mm-hmm. In theory, I can see how that sounds. Yeah. And, like, to my point, like, I was just saying, like, it feels crazy when someone tries to tell you about how to get your life in order when they don't have their life in order. Right, yeah. Um, But sometimes that can be a great resource because they know exactly what to do to not they know exactly what to, to do to, to fuck to be up in their body. position, yeah, yes. where they are, yeah. So they're like, take, take it, it from, from me. me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I if, if I, I had, had actually gone to college, I wouldn't be out here selling carnations in front of this Seven Eleven yeah. on a mile. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. Sometimes you're just like, oh, there's. I just feel like I've had to really learn that there can be good insight from everywhere, For sure. and that you're not always going to get it from where you thought you were going to get it. Yeah. Like I've been working on trying to get a mentor. Yeah. Which I feel like I found one. Good. Um, but then you got to like know what to ask. You know, like you got to really like, so that's why that thing that you said in the beginning about like setting your goals for like, okay, this is my goal for a year. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do in nine months? What yeah. I want to do, how, what am I going to do to make it happen in six? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do to make it happen in three? And then you said you started doing weeks. Yeah. To me, like that type of map helps me know what to talk to her about. Totally. You know, and what yeah. to get insight from her about. And in terms of this getting your life in order thing, I know a lot of people who feel like they just need to figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't need anybody. I don't need yeah. anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want help from anybody. Yeah. Um, and because, and I think some of them, it's not as much about stubbornness as much as it's this feeling of like, I got myself in this shit and I'm gonna get myself out of this shit. Yeah. So there's like a certain nobility there to like, I don't want to burden anybody. Yeah. But you get into trouble, in my opinion, when you start thinking that 
you being responsible for yourself means you doing everything. Yeah, you don't have to do everything. And you definitely don't know everything. No. So part of being responsible about getting your life in order is taking stock of what do I know mm-hmm. and what do I not know? Mm-hmm. So I can figure out who to talk to about the things I don't know about. Yeah. Like, I think it's super dope that, like, you did the class. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, you know what? I can gain more insight from this person because this helped me. Yeah. And I'm not good at these things. Yeah. So I'm do- I am doing the work by talking to someone else. For sure. You're not giving away the work. You're not giving you know someone's not going to owe you anything like Mm-mm. let that burden go, y'all. Yeah. I know people who think like this. They think like I got to figure it out. I got to keep everything to myself. I got to think of everything like sometimes you being responsible is you knowing. Yeah. It's not on you. Yeah. Even just like Talking about what you're going through, even if it's not like asking for help, just saying this is what I'm working on. Getting out of your head. Getting out of your head. Someone could hear that and be like, oh, actually, I know so-and-so who's also working on this kind of thing. Maybe you should should meet or what? There's so many things where I just like said a thing and someone's like, oh, I should link you with this person or or it'll happen years later yeah. or something. People, but I do remember you said a thing that you are interested in this thing. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I said it out loud instead of keeping it to myself. Speak that truth. Because we really keep things to ourselves because we're worried about what people are going to think about it. Mm -hmm. We're worried people are going to steal our idea. Mm -hmm. I think there's a reality to that. Like, not everything needs to be spoken. But I got on MTV. Yeah. Because I met Caduce Mm -hmm. at the New York Regan Poets Cafe. And I said to him, you're on MTV and I want to be on MTV. So we need to stay in touch. Yeah. We didn't, like, really stay in touch. I mean, it's not like we were having, like, coffee and shit. But, like... Over the next two and a half years, twice, he was like, oh, MTV is like doing something and I think maybe you can be involved in that. The only reason I was top of mind was because I had entered myself into that conversation. Absolutely. And he's like racking his brain. Who's you, who do I know who would be good for this? Oh, this person who said that. <laughs> who said, hi, <laughs> I'll, I'll be, be good, good for this. this. And I ran into him at an event and he was like, oh, shit. They're hiring right now. I'm going to get you an interview. And I got the job in two weeks. Wow. And that was simply based on just like I had verbalized mm-hmm. this two and a half years prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's like the times where like I had a friend recently who was telling me that he was frustrated because he isn't he's not like getting like agents aren't biting the way that he expected them to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I've just done a lot of work that I really like put a lot of stock in. And it's kind of a rude awakening to see that like they don't place the same value on it as I do. And he was like, you know, it's just being very frustrating. But he does other kinds of work. Like he's not just an actor and performer. Like he produces, he writes other things. And I was like, so do you feel stalled out? Because, like, these agents are not working, are not helping you. So do you feel like you're not getting in the room for acting stuff or you're not hearing about acting stuff, et cetera, because, like, that feels stalled out because of this? He was like, absolutely. And I was like, but you are in the room all the time for production, for producing. You're in the room all the time with, like, projects that you're creating and writing. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah. And I was like, so why aren't you talking about that also in those rooms? Right, right, right. Because really this, this whole world, like you said, it's all... Listen, my success is not based on, like, white approval. My mm-hmm. success hasn't been based on fucking the right person or on nepotism. It's been solely based on, I heard it through the grapevine. Yeah. It's just word of mouth. That's yeah. My whole career has been on just, like, somebody told somebody that Amanda would be good for this. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. My special was because Jesse Collins was in a meeting at HBO and said, oh, you should do something with Amanda Seals. It took a year. But the seed was planted for simply sure. by somebody saying yeah. something. And 
I was telling my homeboy, I was like, yo, like when you're in these meetings with these producers talking about the project, I, you, it is fair for you to say like, do y'all have anything else on your slate? Absolutely. Because I'm also interested in, you know, yeah. reading for shit. Mm-hmm. No one is a mind reader. When I was in New York, I'm monopolizing this interview right now. Um, I have one, one more story. story. Yeah. When I was in New York <laughs> in 2014, I realized that I wanted more. And then I realized that no one knew I could do more than what I was already doing. So, no, this is 2012, actually. And I realized that, like, I'm an actor, I'm a singer, I'm a writer, I'm a creative, I'm all these things, and people only know that I can read prompter. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, like, if I wanted that to change, I need to demonstrate it, but I also need to, like, just verbalize it. And yeah. so I found a way to, like, set meetings with all these executives that I had worked with in the past yeah. and sat down with them to be like, hey, I just wanted to put it in your mind frame, in your mainframe, yeah. that I'd... You know, that I do more than host. I will never forget this one woman was like, well, I'm very glad that you came and talked to me because honestly, I thought you were just another dumb talent. Right. And those, are, if, those are those moments to say like, to your face. <laughs> I know. You're just like, today is not the day for yeah. revolution. <laughs> and um, she was like, you know, because Amanda, you know, I could see you on TV. I could see you as a sidekick. I could see you, you know, because you don't have to be wealthy. I mean, you don't have to be rich, you know. I mean, you just need to, you know. You, I mean, you could just be stable. Okay. Right. <laughs> so she had decided, like, you know, the metrics of my economics. Yeah. But she, but it was just, it was, it was a bolt. It was a. I was watching um, Silicon Valley, and what were they saying? Like, it was a, it was radical candor, mm-hmm. rad can. That she was telling me just like what she thought. And I was like, damn, if she thinks this, I wonder how many of these other people yeah. think this. Mm-hmm. And um, things changed though after that, not just because like they knew, but because I felt like it's like when you're sick and you make a doctor's appointment, you all of a sudden feel a little better because you're like, control. Yeah. So tell me about like, I remember. <laughs> I remember you were moving to LA. Yeah. And then you booked SNL. Yeah. And then you were back in New York. When did you come back to LA? When did you like make the decision to come back to LA? Last year. And so how has that been? It's been great. Um, I think after SNL, I was like, if people want me, they know where to find me. I was going to stay in New York. But then jobs kept pulling me to LA. And also... You better be booked and blessed. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a good year. Uh, And also, like, a lot of my close friends already live here. So I was like, I think it's just time to make the move. So I made the move. And I like it. I like it here. It's also just nice to be here and and have immediacy where people are like, can you be here tomorrow? And I'm like, I can. Yes. Instead of, "Uh, can I book a flight and then be there uh, tomorrow? But like, and then we need to shoot the next day. Yeah, it's like, it's just easier to be here. Everything's here. So it feels like things are getting more orderful? Yeah. Oh, come on, Amanda. <laughs> orderful. Um, and how does that make you... How does that make you feel in terms of, like, your new goals? Like, yeah. has it has it blossomed, like, new things now that you feel a little bit more settled? Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see, like... I'll, I'll have goals, but and I can see more of what they what it takes to get to that point mm. instead of like 
it'd be nice to one day have a special. And be like, oh, actually, I can just talk to this person who I met earlier in the year, and they probably have a good idea of who, what director I need to talk to. And like, it's a party. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a... Yes. Uh, yeah, it's just nice because there's so many resources here and so many people to talk to and so many options, too, because it's like, OK, they don't want to work with me. I go with this person over here. They said no. OK, there's another person over here, you know, down the street, truly. But you know what I love when you say that? I'm hearing somebody who bets on themselves. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, recently, like we shot my next hour. You better around. have a next hour. I have another hour. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone said no. But I'm just going to self produce I mean, whatever. It's fine. You're going to self-produce it? I'm going to self-produce it. I think we should figure out how to work together on that. Great. See? Look, saying things out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean. I'm dead serious. Yeah. This is not just for the podcast. Let's talk. For sure. <laughs> There's such an LA conversation. She, she also sat up, by the way. <laughs> so she sat all the way up and was like, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> that was hilarious body language is a real thing we have been here relaxed honey so she sat all the way up like let's talk seals Uh, my business posture now (laughs) no you know like i was gonna do my special myself and the only reason it ended up being at hbo is because that had been in the conversation and i was like y'all taking too fucking long Mm -hmm. and but like the betting on yourself thing at this point, particularly for black women, it's literally the skeleton key to getting things. Yeah. Because there's not enough proof in other places to let you say, like, I should say no because these people said no. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's just there's the proof is not in the pudding. Like so many re- so many times the no is about a whole bunch of other shit that ain't got nothing to do mm-hmm. with your content or, mm-hmm. you know, with your angle or you know, or your even idea. Cause sometimes you're like, damn, you're saying no to the idea. Right. Like, we haven't even developed right. this at all. And I just got a no recently that made me be like, Oh, mm-hmm. y'all want to say no to me. And my homeboy was like, at this point, he was like, for you. And he said, he does this too. He was like, no, shouldn't mean like, fuck them all to hell. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not doing like, I like I I'm done with this. He was like, no, it should simply mean like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. So I have yeah. now employed the I'm going to do. Yeah. And I talked about this on Big Boy's podcast. Like, I just live in a space of like, I know I what know I'm going to do. do. Or I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. Totally. And betting on myself. And like, a lot of us don't bet on ourselves because we haven't proven to ourselves mm-hmm. that we are a good bet. Right, right, right. You know, because you're like, I'm betting on myself. I've been on a bad horse. <laughs> but like, you got to... I always say, like, venture to impress yourself. Yeah. Like, even at this adult phase, it's like, give yourself little things that, like, if you complete that and you do that, you're going to feel like, okay, I did that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, on this podcast, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. You know why? Because I can bet on myself. I know I'm always It's going to be a good episode either way. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I set things up in my life that way because... I know the willy-nilly of, of the space I'm in. The entertainment space, like, is unwieldy. You can't really rely on it. Also, I was, like, even before I got all these no's, I was just saying how I miss the energy I used to have where I would just create stuff. Oh, girl. Just put it out in the yes. world. Because there was no rules. No one was like, no one oh, was- it has to be this. We got to approve it. We got This person has to say yes. A million other people above them has to say yes. I would just do stuff and be like, here, this. And, and that made me learn and grow so much as a creator. Yeah. And then, and then you get to a point in your career where it's like, 
oh, I guess I'd have to wait for so and so to approve the thing, and then, but maybe, maybe, okay, we made the thing, and hopefully one day it'll be visible to people. But we gotta hold on for X, Y, and Z reasons. It's just <laughs> oh like, oh my god, and, and it, none of this has to do with you. No, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do the thing. I got the, I have the stuff. But it's like all these other people, and so honestly, people being like. No, I don't know if we can do this. Was kind of freeing to be like, oh, then I'll just do it. Thank you all for giving me permission to yes. do my fucking shit myself. Absolutely. And also, and like, I, the last special I have, uh, Pizza Mine, I'm so proud of the 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 content that we've created and what and how it looks and stuff. But it was a lot of hands in there. And I didn't love that process. It was Interesting. a lot of voices. In and, terms of content or in terms not of... Not content. No, just like... Um, a lot of other stuff but just like the the a to z of it all yes and so and feeling like you have to convince people of something that's literally your own idea yeah also something they bought you're like you already bought it why are we even talking yes my my special life i think i got really really lucky Mm -hmm. because stan lathan at a certain point was just like let's go to lunch and we went to lunch and he realized like oh we're on the same page Mm-hmm. And like sometimes it's just kind of like just the hierarchy of the entertainment business that like makes it seem like you're not on the same page because you have to talk through different people and mm-hmm. like there's operator and all that stuff. And like once we realized that we were on the same page, yeah, it was like, oh, we know exactly what we need to do. And so often there's like so many hands in the pot, you know, like I was doing my book for Audible and there was just all this like friction about like me having the right person I wanted involved to produce. And then when I finally, when I finally just said like, let me just talk to them directly, it ended up working out great. Mm -hmm. But the catch wing two of that is sometimes you can't get to them directly. Right. And that's why when you're doing it yourself, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. And I feel like we all just want the freedom of Louis CK at, at FX. Yeah. They let him do whatever he wanted. When they went to F, when they went to Luke, you can look this up. When Louis CK went to FX with his show, they literally, he was like, I'm not doing your show. Un- I'm not doing a show for you unless I don't have to get notes. I don't have to run scripts by you. You're going to give me the budget. I'm going to shoot it and I'm going to deliver it. Wow. That's the only way. Look it up. It's the only way I'm going to do this. So now whenever I'm in certain conversations, I'm like, listen, I'm not doing this unless I have straight white man Louis C.K. rights. <laughs> Like, and, and you, you end up having to earn that. And as a black woman feeling like you can never earn that, it feels yeah. like sometimes like, I'm like, how much, di- how many times do I have to prove yeah. that I come up with an idea and I manifest it and then people like it for you to stop asking? It is like a reset button happens or something. Like you're like, you, we just saw, <laughs> I can create a good product that people like. And then they're like, yeah, but then I don't know. Can you do it again? Yes, yes I, I can do it again. Yeah. Give me the opportunity. And mind you, with them, you're like, have you ever done it? I mean. Because I'm like, that's the thing. A lot of times it's the people being like, they've never done it. And so in the in, in talking about this, I think that the betting on yourself, whether it's creating your own product, whether it's saying like, you know what? This job is killing me. Mm-hmm. This job is killing me. It doesn't mean necessarily that you got to quit today, but it can mean that you consider a better option. And we mentioned this in the beginning of the show because I know people who settle. Yeah. And the way that you unsettle is by betting on yourself that you can get something better. Yeah. And not necessarily because you, you deserve, deserve something better, better, but because like you're going to do the work mm-hmm. or maybe you've already done the work. Mm-hmm. And because we're in a big ass fucking world. 
there is better. Yeah. I always beat myself up because I'll be working with people and it may go sour or they may not meet your needs. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get like really worried like, damn, like will I be able to find another person? Yeah. Every time I find someone better, I genuinely, and here's a compliment coming at you in three, two, one. The only exception for that is Rebecca and Brendan. I don't think I could find a better producer Aww. and engineer. I don't. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like if they stopped, if they couldn't do this show anymore, I wouldn't do the show anymore. And I mean that. So no pressure or anything. He was writing something. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm keeping a promise. This is why. <laughs> oh wow! Like I mean, it looks like Klingon, but it is yeah. actually yeah. like notes. <laughs> yeah. But it's because like when you find people that like care just as much about their job as you do about like the work that you're doing, like you try and hold on to those people in terms yeah. of like you know creating other spaces for them to grow but also like showing respect showing attention like showing appreciation so this is public appreciation for Rebecca and Brendan um so in terms of like your next steps in terms of like getting your life in order what do you think are the things that are that are we talk about a lot of the things that you're working on like that Mm -hmm. you feel like you're getting a handle on yeah what do you think is like you know I just had to well, maybe even just like, I just had to decide that this ain't, I, I, this is a part of my struggle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, being nicer to myself and understanding that I'm still learning on how to be an on time slash early person and that procrastination is real and it takes many forms and I don't have to yell at myself just because I didn't get this thing in when I wanted it to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you've had to not necessarily settle, but accept? For example, mm-hmm. I've had to accept that because of my propensity for truth telling, mm-hmm. I am perpetually in danger. Mm-hmm. And I've had to come to like real terms with that. Yeah. That, that's just par for the course. And yeah. the only way that's going to change is if I stop telling the truth because it's not about the platform because yeah. wherever you tell it, if it's heard, it's putting you in that space. Yeah, but yeah. I've had to like start coming to real terms with like in terms of getting my life in order, that's something that is real. Yeah. And that I'll have to adjust to. Yeah. Which means like, oh, you have to have security now. Like that's a new thing mm-hmm. you have to think about mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of this thing that you've decided to actually think about. Yeah. I have one. Um I am social one on one. Mm-hmm. I don't like parties. I don't like crowds. <sighs> I'm not the kind of person who's gonna be like Look at me. I can like and hold everyone's attention. I love listening and I'll be in the corner observing everyone and maybe like slightly saying a joke to somebody next to me. Yes. But uh, I have to be okay being like, you know what? If you don't want to show up to that thing, you You don't have to, to, baby. You don't have to. And it feels good to say it's okay. I don't have to. Or if there's like one person I know I want to see, be like, do you want to get dinner beforehand? And then you can go to the party if you want to or whatever the thing Mm -hmm. is. But I don't have to make myself feel bad for not being super social just because I see everyone else being super social. That's not who I am. It's never been in my bones. I don't have to force myself to do that because also I'm not going to be the best me if I'm if I'm trying to do that. I'm going to be this weird like algamation of what I think I should be. And and that and people can read that too. They can tell when you're not being authentic. And I just I can't. That disingenuous shit is real. Yeah. I don't I can't fake it. Yeah. You see me at every Comedy Central party. Where do I be? <laughs> you're like, I'm right here. You you want to see me, you come to me. I find a spot. I am at that spot. Yes. And don't let Candace Thompson be there because she's gonna be at the spot with me. We don't run laughs around the party. Yeah. We don't mix and mingle. Yeah. We're jovial. Mm-hmm. We're there. Yeah. We're 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 not like 
behind a, a tree like hiding yeah but it's just like i've had to come up with like that's how i have to that's how i'm only way i can manage it yeah i feel like i gotta be at this party but i don't feel comfortable in this space mm-hmm. so what can i do to make you feel good yeah yeah and i just yeah so that's real and i commend you because this whole shit about getting your life in order starts with you figuring out you yeah you know, and being able to acknowledge like, okay, what are the things that I'm holding myself back on? What are the things I'm propelling myself forward on? Mm-hmm. And how do I set myself up to play to my strengths? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that feels good. That feels good. That feels good. The last dose. So, I mean, it's on record. I want to talk about how we can work together on that. Yeah. I'm so about just like the importance of creating our own spaces. Yeah. And working with people who give suggestions, not demands, Mm -hmm. about our creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, Working with people who have, at the very least, like a similar respect for our art. And one thing I've learned about this town, which has forced me to have to get my life in order in a whole new way, is that this town works on a different currency than I work. What do you mean? It works on a currency of uh, opportunism and money. Mm -hmm. And I work on a currency of integrity and quality. Yes. So it's not that like opportunity and money don't matter to me, but that's not what I trade in when I'm considering my value to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, look, like this is going to be strong and solid. It's going to be thoughtful and thought out. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be, it's going to be rooted in a pursuit of excellence. And they're like, yeah, 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 but how am I going to come up? Right, right, right. And now we're going, we going like cake off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> yeah. So I've had to get better about just like having to get in that mind yeah, and get out of that mind. Like yeah. I step in it. Yeah. Don't stay there. Right. I step in it. That will and I'm affect like, the quality yeah. that you've been striving for. And I, and wanting to now like get to a point where I can hire somebody who like, that's their mind. A business manager, or not a business manager, but like a biz dev, like, like, like a theater has an artistic director mm-hmm. and a business manager. Yep. The artistic director chooses the shows that will be artistically in line with the theater's mission statement. The business manager is thinking about how we make money. Who was on the show that literally gave that exact same? Someone legit Whoa. just gave that exact same analogy to me about like my life. Yeah. I got to think about it because this is trippy. It's ha- I mean, if it's coming to you in multiple ways. Yeah. Like they literally said the exact same Whoa. thing to me in the context of a theater. Yeah. And they were like, that's why you have this person. Yeah. Trippy, <laughs> trippy. Um, well, you're lovely as always. You too. I was actually like, when they were like, so she's coming today. I was like, oh, good. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I only have people on the show that I like. That's why the segment is called People I Like. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to see the new stuff. Yeah. Folks, you can check out Sashir's latest film, The Weekend, yeah. directed by Selena McGee. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is available on Amazon and Hulu and mm-hmm. places. And iTunes, all places where, where you can movies it. are. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also buy my book, Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use, places where books are. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Interestingly enough, you can see her movie and my book in some of the same places <laughs> because they have movies and, and books. books. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And I have a podcast called Best Friends with, with Nicole, Nicole Byer. Byer that you can also listen to wherever 
podcast. Podcasted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. And um, I want to talk to you about that too. All right. So let's have a good one. Everybody have a good one. I started today with an attitude, but I'm ending it better because of Sasha. Yay. Stop and stop. A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.